We're going to transition to our time of worshiping God through the, His Word. If you have a Bible or Bible app, you want to go ahead and pull that out. We have Bibles underneath the chairs in front of you if you'd like to follow along. We've been going through a sermon series in the book of John, the Gospel of John. It's on the second half of the Bible called the New Testament. We're in John chapter 16. We'll be in verses uh, 23 through 28 today. Today we're going to be diving into the, the, the practice of prayer, if you will. Communication with God. Maybe, maybe you've experienced this in your relationship with God, or that talking with Him or, or, or prayer is, is an uncomfortable thing. It's maybe hard to know, how do I pray or what do I, what do I pray? And, and, or, or maybe you found, like, in my prayer life, in my commu- talking with God, and, and, and you know, I, I make requests to God, but I don't feel like, I, I, don't, I don't feel like he hears me. I don't know that he hears me, or, man, I don't, I, I don't see my prayers answered. Maybe you've struggled with some of that in, in your communication with God. It's difficult when we can't see that person we're talking with, you know, whereas a friend or a, 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 a spouse or you know, somebody who care about us, we can physically see and they can, you know, nod or, or, not, or not nod. Or we can tell if they're paying attention or not, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but communication with God, prayer with God, it, it's, it's a whole different kind of thing. Well, Jesus is going to be teaching us in today's passage about communication with God, about prayer. And about a new thing that he's inviting his disciples into, prayer in his name. Let's dive right in here. John chapter 16, verses 23 through 28. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The, hours, the hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you will ask in my name. And I do not say that I will ask the Father in your behalf. For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and believed that I am from God. I came from the Father, I've come into the world, and now I'm leaving the world and going to the Father. Let's pray. Lord, we we ask for just your work in understanding this passage as you this new truth that you were sharing with your disciples then it's 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 mysterious even to us today and understanding prayer what does prayer in your name mean that we would receive whatever we ask there there's so many factors here lord we just ask for for supernatural insight for for you to turn the light bulb on lord and 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 and, and jesus i th- th- there's something profound here you you wanted the disciples attention because there's something important about their access to you, God. is direct, unmediated access to the Father. This, the access to, to you, God the Father, that only 
the Son has. But Jesus, we just ask that, 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 that the profound power of that access would be real to us today. Lord, we pray for breakthrough in prayer today and communion with you today, Jesus. That only you can provide. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. For those of you who have not been with us the past several weeks or months here, as we walk through the, the, the Gospel of John, we're, we're in this portion of, of Jesus' story here that John is telling us, and it's the final words Jesus is sharing with his disciples, and he's giving them important instructions about preparing them that he's going to leave. He's, he's, going, he's going to go away. And this is, this is just a, a new thing, a mind-blowing, unexpected reality for the disciples. They thought Jesus was coming, and he's going to stay. He's going to be the king. One of the things that Jesus is wanting to communicate to his disciples that they need to know that that is a gift that he's leaving behind with them is prayer. Prayer in his name. In the course of this, this conversation with his disciples, starting in chapter 13 up until this point, there's four times that Jesus has said, if you ask the Father in my name, you'll receive whatever you ask. Four times over the course of this conversation, he's made this point. That means it's a significant kind of point. Not just significant for them to, at that time, but even significant for us today. In last week's passage, we saw Jesus addressing the disciples. It was one last time here about, I'm going away, but it is good. I'm going away. It's going to bring sorrow, but you're going to see me again because I'm going to be raised from the dead. Disciples don't have any clue. They don't have categories for Jesus dying and being raised back to life. Nobody had done that. Okay, so this is a new thing. And so Jesus is explaining then, as we jump in in verse 23, he's saying in that day, meaning in the day of the resurrection. In that day when he has come back to life and the disciples see him, they touch him. Jesus wasn't merely a vision or a hallucination, but they saw him and they rejoiced. Y'all saw the rejoicing last week, those who were here. We got, we got excited. Some of you were saying, are we, getting, are we getting Pentecostal in here? What's going on? They rejoiced. You see, when, when, when we encounter Jesus, when Jesus is alive in us, there's joy. There's something, a variety of things that separate us from the world as Christians. One is love. The other, joy. If you've got Jesus in your life, if, Jesus, if you're actually saved, then joy is one of those things that should separate us and characterize us as different from the rest of the world. We're not talking about putting on a happy face. We're not talking about naive, false optimism or anything like that. We're talking about this, this sense that there is goodness, that there is more than this life, that there is glory because we know who our creator is. We know that, there, that this life is not our end. Our, this is not our home. This is not our heaven is not on earth, but it's coming. There's glory coming. We have joy. Beyond whatever sorrows we have in this life. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In that day. After Jesus is raised from the dead. You will ask nothing of me. Later, down in the passage, Jesus states here that I'm not going to ask the Father on your behalf in verse 26. 
implying that you're, we, we have direct access to God the Father ourselves through Jesus Christ. This is, this is a new thing. Now, any of you attempted to write a letter to the president? Maybe in grade school or some point. Any, any of you guys attempted to write a letter to the president at some point in time? Maybe a few hand of you. Okay. Many of you haven't tried. Probably didn't try because you're like, it ain't going to get there. Right? We don't have any faith. Like, if I write an email or send a letter and, and, and make a request or, 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 or you know, send him a, some kind of life update or anything like that, he ain't going to read it. There's this thorough and elaborate process that you go through. You know that if you do write a letter, you will get some correspondence back. Those of you who've tried, you'll, you know, and, and it's got like in blue ink, this, you know, this, this, this printed off uh, uh, signature. It looks really nice, kind of official, right? But it never made it to the president. There's special people that are paid to take care of those kinds of things. It goes through this particular kind of office and staffers receive it and they read it and, and they measure and like evaluate like how important really is this? And, and, and they might make it on to some higher staffers and, 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 and where it might be considered... Uh, but it's like rare. It is so rare that any letter will make it to the president at all. That, that kind of expectation and hope of our communication. Can you imagine like your, our prayers? Like sometimes some of us believe that like, I oh, might as well not pray. I don't know. I don't know if he hears me. I don't know. Is it making it up there? I don't know. There's this like administrative system of angels and things like that. And I don't know if it's getting all the way up there. Maybe it's confused or I'm not sure what's going on. No one had access to the king. In these days, in these times, no, no one had direct access. You couldn't just walk in to the palace and let the king know, hey, this is what I need, or, or this is my complaint, or this is my concern. Or you, nobody could do that. Just to even get into the, 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 the palace property, you have to go through people and chain of command. In fact, we know like in the Old Testament, if you came and approached the king unauthorized, you could be killed. It is a significant thing what Jesus is saying as a result of him finishing the work that he came to save us, to make us right with God by taking sin, our sin, our punishment for sin on us. He made the pathway to God free and clear so we have direct access to the Father. Friends, when you pray, there's an intimacy. Now, we know 2,000 years later, there's a kind of a, a personal connectedness, a, a closeness. In fact, in American culture, we, we kind of err on the side of too much closeness. Like phrases like, Jesus is my homeboy. Like, uh, you know, while, yes, Jesus is our friend. He's near to us. He's close. But he is a holy God who, who cannot tolerate the presence of sin and, 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 their, and, and death. Death happens in his presence when there is sin and evil involved. But Jesus took that on himself. So you and I could not just go through all the steps and, okay, this vice regent here and this, this person there and, and, and to get all these checkpoints. No, we go right to the Father. You know who has access like that to the king? His son or daughter. 
son or daughter of a king has direct access. What Jesus has accomplished for us in that day as a result of his finished work, of his death and resurrection, he has given each of us the rights of a son or daughter to have direct access to the Father. Jesus taught his disciples to pray in Matthew and Luke records it and it begins with Abba, Daddy. This intimate kind of communication between a child and their father. This trusting kind of communication between a dad and their, his children. This is such a big deal, friends. Your prayers are heard if you come under Jesus Christ. Listen, if you have not experienced and been transformed by Jesus Christ, if you have not come under the Son and the work of the Son on your behalf, you have no rights of the Son. You still stand outside the fences of the palace just looking in and hoping and wondering. But if you come under the Son, Jesus Christ... And what he has done for you, if you have the Son of God inside you, his life in you, friends, come, the Father hears you. The Father cherishes your voice, your heart, and your communication. Come. You need to know you want, he wants to hear you. He wants your heart. And you are guaranteed to be heard. Through Jesus, we have access to the Father that only the Son has. What this means, friends, there's some significant implications about this. Notice, if we have direct access to God the Father, we don't have to go through other people. It means that you don't pray to Mary, okay? We're going to make some, make, make, make some maybe controversial kind of statements here. We're going to step on some toes potentially here. But you, you, don't, you don't pray to anybody but God the Father. There's no mediation. There's no one in the way. There's no praying to Mary. There's no praying to saints because they're dead. And dead people don't hear things. And not to be crass, but it's true. They're dead. But our God is alive. Jesus is alive. And he's made access to the Father directly for you. Will you come to the Son and receive the rights of the Son to go to the Father? To be in his presence. To be heard. To be known. And that he might work on your behalf. That's the first thing here about prayer. That Jesus changes. Is that he gives us direct access to the Father. Secondly, what, what happens here is that when we pray in Jesus' name. Not only is it direct access to the Father. But there's, but there's some implications here. Of the content of what does this mean when we when we pray in Jesus' name? There's a lot of confusion 
and comes up with these passages. And, and when, it's, when, when it makes statements of whatever you ask for in the Father's name, he will give to you. These, these kind of statements that are repeated throughout, throughout uh, this, this conversation with John is like, well, well, okay, I got free access. All right, let's go. Gonna, I need to write down my list of all the things I want from Jesus. And we start to respond and kind of think about this as like, it's Christmas time and we're believing in Santa Claus and it's, and it's some kind of list of all our wants. Praying in the name of Jesus has been confused and, and misunderstood and misinterpreted as if it's some kind of magical word and, 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 and like abracadabra. And if you say the right words, then you'll get things. Then things happen. And I speak the name of Jesus in a situation. If I just say the name of Jesus, then all of a sudden, whatever, is, whatever I'm praying is going to happen. I'm sure those of you who are seasoned maybe have prayed along some of these lines in some way or shape or form. And that doesn't always happen, does it? You don't always get what you want. Because praying in the name of Jesus, praying in the name of Jesus isn't a magical word. Praying in the name of Jesus is coming under the authority and power of Jesus Christ. Praying in the name of Jesus isn't wielding the authority and power of Jesus Christ. It's coming under the power and authority of Jesus Christ. Praying in the name of Jesus is praying according to his character, to who he is and his nature. It's praying according to his will. Praying in the name of Jesus is praying for his honor and for his glory. We're going we're, we're to unpack these. We're going to break these down here a little bit. This misunderstanding is important of, of, of not misusing the name of Jesus to wield power and authority. This can be dangerous in terms of creating false expectations. That if I just pray the name of Jesus over, over this illness or, or over this situation or over this uh, uh, condition or over these circumstances, I just claim it like th- th- that I, I'm, I'm wielding his authority, then it, I expect automatically that I should get results. And if we teach that and we don't get results, then there's something wrong. Either, either we're not praying right or we've been taught a lie. And at some point, you're going to get disillusioned. And your faith, which is actually not in Jesus in that case, it's in, it's in saying the right kind of words. Friends, there's so much of a tendency for us to be superstitious. We have the tendency to be more superstitious than we do to believe and have faith. You see, when we pray in the name of Jesus, praying under his power and authority, that means we have faith in his goodness, in his will, in his wisdom to act in the right way and and for our good. Jesus explains to the disciples, you then, if you're evil and you know how to give good gifts to your children, I don't know about you, but that was kind of offensive right off the bat. You just said we're all evil, but we know how to give good gifts to our children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask? The Father wants to do good in your life and on your behalf. The question is, 
who defines what good is. You see, when we're coming in prayer, when we're coming under Jesus, this whole work of Jesus is to change with this, this orientation of in our heart of I am right and God, you, you're wrong. At best, you exist for my benefit. It's about me. It's about, it's about me getting what I want. It's about me determining right and wrong. When we pray, when we come to Jesus, what he changes is in us is, no, God, you are right and you are good. I am not. And I surrender to you. So that changes in our prayer life of praying under his authority is, is, is praying for his work and trusting his good in my life. It's not something that I pray as I wield. I'm going to accomplish whatever I want. No, I want him to accomplish whatever he wants because it's good. I can't trust myself. Now, that doesn't mean we don't, we don't bring to the Father our requests, whatever they may be. But as Jesus modeled in the garden, as he, as he, he sweat blood and he, through tears of agony and temptation, he, 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 anticipating the wrath of God on the cross for us, he prayed, God, Father, take this cup away from me. Not my, not my will, though, Lord. Yours be done. He brought his request. He brought his desire before the Lord, but he's surrendered it to the Father, to his authority, to his power. God wants to hear our hearts. Bring them, bring him your hearts, bring him your desires, bring him your needs and your requests. And we surrender those. Lord, not my will, but yours be done. If God is truly God and he exists over billions of people in this world, over an enormous amount of time, he's working at infinite levels and variables with all of our different lives to accomplish his purposes. We don't know what all he is doing and how even maybe my suffering is actually for the good and salvation of others. We don't know that. What we're to remember is he didn't save us to create heaven on this earth. He saved us for heaven to come. Whatever happens in this life is for the purposes of saving us from this hellhole. That we might not be in hell for eternity and be with him. So praying under his authority is submitting to him, not wielding his name to get whatever we want. It's praying under, Lord Jesus, your will be done. And that ties into praying according to his character and his plan. Jesus, in the book of John, uh, one of the things that, that, that makes the book of John very unique is, is Jesus lays out all these different I am statements. He reveals his character. I am the light of the world. I'm living water. I'm the bread of life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine. You are the branches. Jesus is revealing his very nature and character. God, according to his names, throughout all of Scripture. You see, God is going to act according to his character. 
When we understand, when we know God the Father, when we know how he acts, when we know his nature and character, it informs us that we can pray and pray effectively. Pray right. Praying according to his will is according to what he has planned in this life. Look at, look at with me here at 1 John. So later, after John has written this book or accounting of Jesus' life, he wrote another letter to the, the believers after they had been, uh, Jesus has, has, been, has gone to the Father for some time here now, and he's addressing questions and issues of what does it mean to follow Jesus now? And some of the challenges that come up, and, and, and one of those is about prayer. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. John is, is clarifying what, what, what was expressed earlier here in the gospel. Asking according to his name isn't just whatever we want, we get. No, it's asking according to his name is asking according to his divine plan and purposes. Which means, friends, we've got to learn to know the heart of God. We've got to learn to know the mind of God. We've got to be in his word. That our prayers can be effective. Now, now in, I, one of the things I want to clarify, when it talks about being heard, your, 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 the prayers being heard, what it's talking about is prayers that are acted upon. God's listening. It's not that God is, only hears them if, they, if, they're, if they're praying the right way. No, he's only going to act upon those that are according to his will. He hears your prayers, friends. When, they, when you don't get an answer, if it's, not a, if it's not a yes or an affirmation, it's that God saying, I've got something better planned. If he's good, friends, then we, th- th- then we learn to trust if an answer is no or it's wait, it's because in his goodness, he has something better. Jesus talks about ask in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. What Jesus is getting at here is that he has a relationship with the Father where they know each other perfectly. He knows the mind and the heart of God. Everything he does is according to the will of God. Jesus explains in, 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 uh, in John, he says, the f- My food is to do the will of him who sent me to accomplish his work. Later he says, I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. For I come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Jesus is perfectly in tune with God, perfectly aligned. He knows the heart. He knows the mind of God because he is God. What Jesus is inviting us into is as we love him and as we trust him, we're going to grow in knowing the heart of the Father. We're going to grow in knowing the mind of the Father. The more we know Jesus, the more we encounter his love, we are transformed. We're being tuned to the heart and mind of the Father, that our prayers will be effective in this life. 
My wife plays the guitar up here for the worship team. And I could untune part of her guitar right now and play it for you. And what would it sound like? It would sound nasty. It would sound like how I sing sometimes. It would be painful. It's out of tune. It's in discord. The discord is conflict. That's how we start in our prayer life. That's how we start in our relationship with God. Because we don't know him. We've not become like Jesus fully. And we're in that process here and now. But friends, as we grow in our walk with Jesus Christ, our prayers become more informed. Our prayers become more shaped by the Father. Our prayers become more in line with Jesus. And he's tuning us. He's tuning us. That we're in harmony with him. And now it's effective. Our prayers are effective. And we have joy. Friends, isn't it powerful when we see and experience answered prayer? Right? When we are tuned to the work of the Father, the power of answered prayer brings joy. Let's be tuned to the Father. We've got to know Him. We've got to know the Son. We've got to let Him have more life in us. We've got to let Him have more of us. That we can have more of Him and His joy. Friends, Jesus teaches us how to pray. In fact, let me close with that today. I mean, let's just close with that. The Lord's Prayer. And I, and I apologize, this is spontaneous. I didn't intend on this. But for those of you who know it, you can recite it from memory. But it's in Matthew chapter 6. If you don't know it and you'd like to turn there. <clears throat> but as we... As we apply and just reflect and consider praying in Jesus name means you have direct access to God. He wants you to come and bring your heart to him, your desires, your needs, your, your concerns. Come to the father. Come often. In fact, all day long, come to the father. He's with you. And when we pray, let's pray under his authority. Let's pray, learn to pray according to his plan and his character and his will. Let's pray for his glory and honor so that we can share in his joy and the effectiveness of our prayers. And let's pray as the Father's taught us. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on down here. And we close out with this prayer. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the glory and the power now and forevermore. Jesus, thank you for access to the Father. Lord, may, 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 we, may we take full advantage, Lord, in being in your presence and coming to you and letting our hearts be heard. But Lord Jesus, tune us. Tune our hearts to yours. Lord God, that we might pray, Jesus, effectively. Lord God, that our joy, we might share in your joy, God, in seeing you accomplish your purposes through us. 
Lord God, we pray, teach us, Spirit. Sometimes we don't even have the words to say. Teach us how to pray. Lord God, thank you for your love, your patience, and your kindness. Like a good parent who, who with, with, with plans invites their child into the planning process, knowing ultimately what the final decisions will be. But the joy of the child, the joy of the child that we have in sharing in the journey of accomplishing your purposes, God, which is good. Lord, we come to you to trust you are good. Thank you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen.